McGurk! I love not typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah! Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And we are live and wired on the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and the Supergirl Radio Facebook page to discuss and review my adventures with Superman's 10th and I think final episode of season <laughs> one titled Hearts of the Fathers. I haven't been able to find any episodes past uh, episode 10, so I assume that means that I think, it is the I end. I think that's it. It felt, it felt very like, ooh, final. <laughs> season finale-ish. So uh, we believe that this is the last episode of season one of My Adventures with Superman. So we are going to be uh, talking about that and everything that went down because a lot of things happened. A lot of uh, really interesting bits that I'm very excited to talk about. But I think before we do that, we need to get to the news. The Flash movie is now available on 4K, UHD, and Blu-ray. Listed below are the full list of special features for The Flash 4K, UHD, uh, including, oh my God. All right. So there's a lot of them. So it's a lot. We can maybe just sort of- uh, Buckle in. (laughs) We we, we can uh, sort of package them together, I guess. Sure. So Uh, so, some featurettes. There's a bunch of featurettes, including Making the Flash Worlds Collide, Flashpoint, Introducing the Multiverse, Let's Go Nuts, Batman Returns Again. That one sounds nuts. That's Uh, a terrible title. (laughs) Let's Go Nuts. Um, The Bat Chase, Saving Supergirl. Uh, I added the question at the end of that. They <laughs> they didn't. I want to be very clear that they didn't add the question at the end of that. But I think that there should be a question because did she get saved? No, I didn't see her. No. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, other featurettes include battling Zod, fighting Dark Flash, the Flash, the saga of the Scarlet Speedster, uh, Supergirl, last daughter of Krypton. Uh, then there's also a bunch of deleted scenes, including the Flash Escape the Midnight Circus trailer. What? The, these these might be other. There's there's deleted scenes, and then there's oh, including a, deleted a series, and then yes, of there's something called the Flash Escape the Midnight Circus. Yeah, there's a trailer, uh, a, a, a something on priorities, the inherent dangers of time travel fully torqued then there's the flash the flash featurette takes us behind the scenes of the creation of barry allen's new suit and then oh. there's yeah, for some reason i have that twice in there i don't guess we need to watch that twice. <laughs> you can watch it twice and in fact that's what they suggest uh, <laughs> apparently there's easter eggs you're just not going to get the first time uh, <laughs> then there's guess what we're back baby the flash escape the midnight circus we need, we need to watch the escape the midnight circus there's a lot of these episodes i'm excited the psychodrone the psychotron dawn uh, and cy- cyclotron cyclotron dawn i'm sorry to don and <laughs> all of his cyclotron friends and uh blackout in session and then for the flesh blu-ray it's, it will... it's a lot of the same stuff just less of it yeah there's less of it for the blu-ray so you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna pony up and get that you <laughs> at 4k uhd uh i do believe the supergirl <laughs> to uh, to make it uh relevant for this podcast uh the blu-ray does include supergirl last daughter of krypton featurette although it doesn't have the saving supergirl uh, <laughs> where again i've added the question mark at the end featurette that's not available on the blu-ray although again i don't know what the answer is 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 it really a a very short feature that says like we didn't (laughs) (laughs) i think they should i think that's what it should be if you're deep into the flash escape the midnight circus uh (laughs) rabbit hole that's all available for you on the (laughs) blu-ray don't worry don't you worry about that i'm excited to find out what that is there's a lot of it 
Uh, well, speaking of that Supergirl documentary, uh, Sterling Gates is part of that. Uh, Sterling Gates, a fan favorite uh, Supergirl writer uh, in general, Ooh. but also on Supergirl radio. So uh, Sterling uh, tweeted or posted, I guess, out now, honored to be part of DC's upcoming Supergirl documentary, Supergirl, The Last Daughter of Krypton. Always a joy to talk about my favorite fictional character. I thought it was uh, wonderful <laughs> that Sterling was a part of that. One of the more qualified people, I think, to talk about Supergirl <laughs> in that documentary, among some others. Uh, so there's uh, quite a bit going on there. I've got to get both. I don't have uh, both of these uh these various sets. So I think I need to get them just for the collection and to be able to see all of the featurettes that you don't get on the Blu-ray. I guess, I guess Ooh. 4K Ultra HD. 4K does that, Ultra. Does that, does, <laughs> do I have to get a separate player for that or does it work in the Blu-ray? I, I don't know. Uh, as a, as a lazy streamer now, I would say that I have a Blu-ray uh, DVD player and that's about it. And I use it <laughs> So in often infrequently that I'm pretty sure there's still like a I Love Lucy disc in there. Uh, nice from months ago. Yeah, <laughs> from the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, it actually came, it came with the Blu-ray player. So, funny enough, <laughs> you bought the Blu-ray player in the 1950s, and uh, exactly, just, exactly. I, I did a little time traveling. I might have messed up the timeline. So sue me. <laughs> so uh, there's lots to. Uh, see there if you want to check out the flash movie on blu-ray and a 4k uhd okay so we really need to get to uh talking about the finale of season one of my adventures of superman titled the hearts of the father so let's get into this discussion the episode description for max reads quote it's thanksgiving and clark lois and jimmy are heading to the kent farm to celebrate but the holiday turns into a fight for survival. <laughs> um, I'm glad that we looked at the date uh, uh, on the screenshot uh, previously because we knew it was late November. That's true. So we did uh, surmise that it might be taking place around Thanksgiving. So it turns out that was intentional. Uh, everything was pointing towards uh, a Thanksgiving dinner that was going to happen. Uh, and there is a revelation that I think we should start with that happens at the Thanksgiving dinner, because I think it's the most important part of the episode. I mean, there's there's like a Kryptonian invasion that happens. Yeah, there's some, some Lois stuff. finds out some stuff about her dad and some some things really go yeah. down. Jonathan some Kent stuff. is really trying to work on that turkey. Can't get it uh, uh, quite ready to, <laughs> to deserve. I feel like Jonathan's um, character arc in this episode um, was perfect um, <laughs> and, and and beautiful, and I, and I appreciate it. Sure, other people are going through like some deep, deep stuff, um, disturbing stuff, like some some dangerous stuff. But Jonathan, he's he, he's clued into that turkey, and that's really all he cares about. And again. <laughs> character correct jonathan kent it's perfect he's gonna let martha handle all of like the heavy lifting and all the emotions he's gonna swoop right in at the end for like a hug and he's gonna eat some turkey he didn't even do the turkey correctly he just kind of mulliganed at the end and gave up jonathan kent i see you i am you so uh yeah i'm a little disappointed with this pod kid he doesn't uh do so much but i guess that is par for the course with jonathan kent um but so more importantly though jimmy has come to thanksgiving dinner with some really big like big news like like news that i think we thought was happening but we we didn't know if it would actually uh come up on the show but jimmy has now Sold Flamebird to the Daily Planet for five point mm -hmm. six million dollars. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Morgan? I uh, I scream laughed at that at that <laughs> one, and I, I love that they left that for the very end of the episode to be like, the season's over. Jimmy's rich. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And ten, no notes. Uh, the the Flamebird storyline has been perfect throughout the whole season, and the fact that they capped it off with him selling it to the Daily Planet for millions and millions of dollars uh, to me was just incredible. Because I at first I was going to be like, listen, Jimmy, like. I don't think that you should give away your chat because I figured that that's what Perry wanted to talk to him about, like, you know, rolling the channel into the Daily Planet. I was like, you know what? No, I would keep it. I'd keep it. You probably can make more money like using the channel. 
But that's before I realized that he was going to make $5 million from it. At that point, Jimmy, maybe, maybe I think Jimmy selling makes a lot of sense. Jimmy, sell that, sell that, get your paper, Jimmy. <laughs> okay. So I have a lot of questions about okay. this because I almost disagree. I think he should have kept you thought his, he should keep his rights to his channel because then he could pocket all that money. Now he's just getting this big sum of $5.6 million, That's which true. is a lot of money. But does he lose his rights to his content? I uh, suspect that he does. I, I would I would think that now it's the Daily Planet's Flame Bird. Oh, <laughs> the so Daily you... Planet presents Flame Bird. I'm I'm hoping that like next season, because now they're not interns. Spoiler alert! Now they're uh, entry level employees. I have a lot of questions about that too. We'll get a lot to of it. questions about their internship program <laughs> for sure. Uh, <laughs> but now that they are employees now, so I would think that they would buy the channel, but also keep Jimmy on because it's like a personality focused channel. I think Flamebird. So like I would feel like now he's working for the Daily Planet. He's got a full time job. He can do Flamebird. Plus he gets five million dollars. I don't know, man. I think that's pretty good. And yeah, sure, if he moves on from the Daily Planet, he'll have to let go of Flamebird. Cacaw. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, that this, the $5 million will stick with him. I guess so. I just, I, as an independent creator, I, I was saddened that Jimmy had sold off his creation that he had built up this audience with. And now he's going to be controlled by the man. That's true. He's going to tell him what to, what he can and cannot do with his channel. To be fair, Jimmy could have been like the next Mr. Beast. Uh, <laughs> did Jimmy want to do uh, like a, take a take a bunch of people and do some sort of like reality competition with them? Flamebird style? We'll he never know. He we'll never have. know. He can't do it now, probably. <laughs> now, now he's got a boss. Uh, but he also has $5 million. So it's kind of give and it's give and take, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on what the uh, the platform he was working off of. Did it have a paid partnership program? If it did, I think he still should have kept the channel because he was still making it. He was bringing in all the viewers. He could he could have made $5 million in like, I don't know, six months. I mean, it's true. It's like, how how is he going to, how would he have, we really would have needed to look at his finances before <laughs> advising him one way or the other. Like how, how much is he monetized? How much is he making from monetization? How right. much is he making from brand deals? Like he could probably make a pretty penny from those brand deals, but I mean, $5 million in the pocket. That's hard to. <laughs> but then I also have a lot of questions about how the Daily Planet has $5 million that they can just. Uh, buy up YouTube channels. I mean, it is a the most wildly unrealistic part of this episode <laughs> is that print media would have a couple of million dollars lying around to buy up a YouTube channel. No, no they don't. Print media has a stick of gum and a dream, and that's a good day. <laughs> print okay. media is like, please listen to us. Buy our paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I guess we are under the assumption. I like your idea that it could be the Daily Planet's flame bird. That's what I. I that's think that's a good compromise. Assumption. That's the assumption I'm working. Like that they they bought the channel, but they also bought him as like the face of the channel because he is kind of the personality right. behind the channel. He's so grand and why people subscribed. And they already have him working there. So it seems like a kind of a no-brainer to, like, keep him on doing the Flamebird stuff. But now I'm excited that, like, next season we can go really deep down a hole of, like, digital <laughs> digital marketing. And like, <laughs> find out, like, does is he going to start getting in, like, disagreements about the direction of the YouTube Ooh. channel? Like, what if what if Jimmy has, like, a Flamebird story and, and the Daily Planet is like, no, we don't want you to report on that. We don't think Sasquatch is real. And he's like, <laughs> but I know he is. Like, this is the kind of content that I want to see from my Superman stories. Like, really deep dives into uh, the digital creator culture. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I expect from Superman. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I find so interesting about this, because the Daily Planet prides itself on reporting the truth and jimmy while reporting the truth also could be seen as a kook because he's uh very heavy into conspiracy theories which just happen to be true all the time because <laughs> most conspiracy theories are i just want to mention that so uh 
so I think there would be a conflict of interest in terms of how they approach these stories. You would think that Jimmy can't go like go as crazy as he's been going, where he's like, "And did you know Bigfoot? Bigfoot has dance parties in the wool in the woods." <laughs> like I don't think he can do that anymore because now it's like the Daily Planet says Bigfoot has dance parties in the woods, and it's like we don't have evidence for that, Jimmy. And he was like, and Jimmy's just like, "I was just vibing." You can't do that, I think, anymore. If you're like the, the official YouTube channel of like a like a news publication, so I feel like Jimmy's storyline in season two is going to be like, did it was it the right choice to sell my YouTube mm. channel? Because now I can't do my expose on the Roswell aliens without like evidence. <laughs> now, to be fair to Jimmy. He's he's been reporting uh, things that actually turned out to be true. That's true. And there is a lot of weird stuff that already happens in Metropolis anyway. So it's not like it would be out of the realm of the poss you know, uh, out, of, out of the realm of possibility that he would report on something that was a little kooky. I mean, they've been covering Kryptonian robots and alien invasions and uh, the 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 two characters who were in the uh mm, I'm already forgetting the episode. Uh, oh, Monsieur Mala and the Brain. Monsieur Mala and the Brain. Yeah. The greatest love story of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the, the weird things have happened. There's a League of Lois Lanes. That That's true. The future. McShaz Pillig showed up. So, I think that, I mean, the Daily Planet, I think, is just going to have to get used to having a reputation for reporting on weird stuff. I I'll be interested to see like <laughs> what the legal process is for Jimmy's videos now Ooh. because by the way now Le Jimmy has we were going deep down like a creator slash marketing <laughs> rabbit hole I but, think this is important but this is all important things to consider because <laughs> Jimmy now has to run everything through legal I'm sorry yeah, he does he's got to go everything's got to go through legal I I want there to be an episode where every single one of his videos gets rejected by legal I just be like <laughs> you cannot say that you cannot prove that because <laughs> now they it would be a liability for the daily planet if he reported something kooky that he couldn't prove it, um, that's true yeah that's true uh jimmy's gonna find himself i think a little hemmed in mm. in season two of like what he can and can't say on flame bird and maybe he will regret the the decision to sell although maybe not uh with his five million dollars maybe he's just sitting on a pile of money in season two just like <laughs> buying everyone designer watches <laughs> what if jimmy just becomes like slowly over season two like a nightmare he's just like got a, he just comes up in like a new car every episode <laughs> i imagine him maybe uh going a uh, full-on tom hanks from the movie big where he buys like a big apartment and like all this stuff in it. <laughs> he buys like a giant floor piano that he just plays <laughs> I think Flamebird needs to fly free. Uh, so, <laughs> so I am, I'm as, as much as I thought it was funny, I was a little disappointed. I was like, Jimmy, you're not going to have uh, access to your content. Uh, let's see. So mind the gap has a good question. What if Jimmy doesn't agree with what they're doing with his brand and he leaves uh, and he leaves? What then does he make a new channel with a new name? That's the thing. Do they change the handle, but keep the subscribers i don't know oh, yeah Does jimmy absolutely. also have social media that goes along with flame bird that's also uh, a question for uh See, jimmy's gonna want to jimmy's gonna want to position himself as a thought leader <laughs> as a as a brand creator he's gonna want to be like everybody wants to follow jimmy because they love jimmy because then when if and when he ever leaves the daily planet he can start up a new channel. Everyone's going to follow him because they love Jimmy. They love Jimmy Olsen. They're like, I got to get Jimmy Olsen's take on this. <laughs> uh, and then it doesn't matter so much that like the Daily Planet owns Flamebird. It's the Daily Planet's Flamebird. Because right. Jimmy Olsen can just start his own thing. It could be like Jimmy's Corner. Or like <laughs> that's Olsen for you or whatever. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just workshopping them. <laughs> okay. Electric WWF has a, a good question. What happens with the Nah channel now? It is okay that because is Steve Lombard works at the Daily Planet alongside Jimmy. So could Steve Lombard hop on the Flamebird channel? Ooh, would okay. He, I got he be, be creating not content for the Flamebird channel, or I would it have to be Flamebird branded? That I love the idea of them having a show on Flamebird that's called like Flamebird or Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and it's just like it's just like Jimmy uh, and Steve, and they're like like facing off against each other. <laughs> I love this idea. Are I aliens think... real? And then like Jimmy has all this like, yeah, I bet that this thing happened and this thing happened. And then Steve just goes like close to the mic and he goes, nah. <laughs> no further information like he doesn't have an argument it's just nah <laughs> i think they need to turn it into like a board game and it would be great bonus content for I, the, the daily plans flamebird channel listen we've we've already we've got a content strategy for flamebird <laughs> is all i'm saying <laughs> i think this could work oh the chat is blowing up about <laughs> uh, everything going on with Jimmy. Uh, Brian says Jimmy will have extra time and, and money to become Guardian. We don't know if there's, no. we think there's a Guardian because the news kid Legion is there, but That's we've never true. seen Guardian. We haven't. It could still be Jimmy, although, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, I'm going to put my own gnaw in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie in the chat. We need a gnaw sound effect. I we do. Like. We need yeah. to make one. Uh, Carrie says, uh, the Daily Planet knew what they bought. I expect them to turn Jimmy loose on Flamebird and let him go wild. See, now that would be the best That's possible true. option. Yeah. They are a big company, though, Carrie. Like, they're going to have a legal department. <laughs> uh, uh, new Rachel thinks this sounds like the beginning of a Jimmy is a cult leader story. Okay. Okay. Rachel. First off, stop it because I want this now. Could you imagine if just slowly over the, the course of season two, Jimmy just becomes like a charismatic leader. He's like, people people are listening to me. Like a lot of people are listening to me. And then like by the end of season two, Clark's like, I think I got to take Jimmy down. I don't know. He's got a compound now. He's not answering my calls. He's not even using the technology anymore, but somehow he's still streaming. I'm not really sure. Yeah, uh, I think some, something uh, could it could go to Jimmy's head. I think a little bit. Money, money uh, makes people do uh, strange things. So uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens with Jimmy and his newfound wealth uh, in season two. Okay, so I know we briefly mentioned Jimmy and clark and lois as reporters so how do you think that happens with the daily planet it didn't seem like they put in an application for anything they just showed up to work one day and they were hired and congratulations <laughs> yeah i feel like usually there's like a thing where they have to like legally like post the jobs and then they have to like interview a couple people and then they can finally give it to like somebody but listen I think it's great that they're that they're working full time now. And I, what were they? What were their hours? I had so many questions about the internship program at the Daily Planet. It seemed, <laughs> bor it seemed borderline unethical. Uh, <laughs> uh, were they getting paid? How many hours were they working? Um, just lots of lots of questions. Lots of questions. A couple of their stories that they worked on definitely did not have their names on it. That seems <laughs> oh, wrong. Yeah, that is not right. <laughs> they finally got that front page story, but. They were like, oh, it's not that it's not written by interns because we made you into full-time <laughs> employees now. So it's not embarrassing for us at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought it was really strange that they just all of a sudden made them reporters. That was very easy for them. And not only did they just become, I guess, full-time staff, they got cubicles. They each got a cubicle. They got, yeah, they got a cubicle. They don't have to work in like a little closet anymore. <laughs> They're moving on up. I hope they get to keep the, the murder or slash investigation board, though. Yeah, me too. Roll that thing into the cubicle. Really freak people out. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they're no longer interns. And and I guess in, in defense of the internship program, I think Perry always envisioned it as just them getting coffee and making coffees. Yes. Yeah, it seemed like it. he wanted it to be a traditional internship program where they would like, Maybe maybe they'd follow some people around and find out the fundamentals of reporting. Maybe they wouldn't be in every single life and death situation that's happening in Metropolis. <laughs> I think at, at one point he was like, well, they're either going to die or I'm going to make them into full-time reporters. And <laughs> they seem nice, so let's give them this. <laughs> so that was a quick way to make them reporters at the Daily Planet. I guess I buy it. I don't know. Sure. That would not never happen in real life, but no. I'll go with it on this show because <laughs> everything else is so delightful and i guess they have earned it they did get that front page story about uh how the city saved superman uh okay so this uh we'll, we'll get to the we'll save the invasion for last because that's the the most uh intriguing slash dangerous part of the episode but something equally as dangerous was <laughs> having general lane over for thanksgiving dinner with the kids so morgan what did you think about this very awkward uh strange dinner that they were uh, going to be having. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we all knew as soon as it the episode opened and she was like, thanks for inviting my dad, who you've never met, to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> my dad, who you've never met, is coming, is so excited to come and to meet you for the first time because you've never met. And I was like, <laughs> right. so the general is your dad, for sure. I think that confirms it. <laughs> Uh, I did, I did like, cause you know, the first couple minutes of the episode that them at the Kent house and they're getting ready and you know, he's coming and you're just waiting for it. You're waiting for it. You're like, uh Oh, uh Oh, it's going to be bad. And then he shows up and Clark is like, I, uh, smushed the door. <laughs> I, and I really like that moment too. Cause it right before he opens the door, he tells Lois, no matter what happens, it can't change the way I feel about you. <laughs> <laughs> And then and he then, opens up the door and uh, her father my nemesis. is the one who kidnapped uh, and uh, semi-tortured him and is uh, on a mission to kill him. So uh, that Great. is pretty awkward to have your, uh, I guess, your girlfriend's dad uh, trying to kill you. That's that's not fantastic. Not fantastic. No, I thought it was really funny that even without knowing that Clark is Superman, he was like, first off, you look familiar. <laughs> He's like, no, not me. Couldn't be me. Just have one and of those faces. Just have one of those faces. And then he was like, not impressed with them, even as a uh just like a human being, like a non-Superman human being. He was like very, very harsh. He barely even talked to Clark before he was like dismissing him. And I love that the Martha Kent in this universe is like trying to be nice and then like goes off into the kitchen is like, Jimmy, I hate Lois's father. <laughs> I will kill him, my sweet little boy. <laughs> I, I just like I like a like mama bear Martha Kent where she's like I'm gonna be polite to him but I do not like that man and it's like that's like like Kansas rude she's like just just so you and I know Jimmy just so you and I know I don't like him and Jimmy's like I don't want to be here <laughs> yeah everybody was excited when Jimmy showed up because uh, they could throw all their weirdness with each other away and focus on Jimmy's it arrival. was so good that was probably my favorite uh, moment of the episode when Jimmy shows up to the Kent farm. And everybody takes him aside to tell him like a secret that they don't want him to know. <laughs> and then when, when it gets to uh, Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Kent sitting in front of the turkey, he's like, Jimmy, this bird ain't brown. And <laughs> <laughs> Just the different stakes, the level of stakes of the, the different secrets were very funny. I will say for Pa Kent that one of the best moments I think for me in this episode is when Clark goes into the kitchen with his parents to talk about the realization that he knows that Lois's dad is the general. He, he asks his parents, well, what would you do if you had an enemy? And Pa Kent said, I thought something very profound. He said, turn them into a friend. <laughs> and I was like, that is great advice. Now, some sometimes that may never happen. There, there are some people who are just not willing to engage with you on that level. But I think if you had a bully or something like that, if you if you tried to befriend them in such a way where you were kind to them, maybe it could change hearts and minds. So I thought Pa Kent, even the way they played him down as kind of a like a dummy, like a like a like a guy who has no brain. He felt like he just was uh, like a, the scarecrow with no. The scarecrow had no brain, fair, right? To be fair, he was just really focused on that turkey. He was like, "Sure, my my son one got, track mind got other things going on. There's a, a an attack, I guess, but the turkey." turkey uh yeah i did think that was that was cute advice i also like that it was like it was both profound and like unactionable which feels like a very jonathan kent like uh <laughs> like area of like uh hey dad i need some advice and it's like here's this advice it's like it's good advice but i'm not gonna tell you how to get there or like what to do about yeah, it and it's like, that's true. make them into a friend how gotta get to that turkey son <laughs> and I think it's possible with General Lane. Now, some of the, the enemies may be revealed at the end of the episode. That may never happen. Probably I don't know. not. Those, those are uh, uh, enemies of questionable uh, ethics and morals. But I think for General Lane, I think there could be a possibility that he could turn Lois's dad into a friend. So I think that I think is so actually too, yeah. possible. So I think that advice could come in handy. I just hope that they give... I, I think the run the running with the idea that Pa Kent is a joke, I think can only go so far with me. Um, I would like it if at some point he got a really good moment. Cause I think for all of the times we've seen him in this season, he's been kind of a joke. 
And I think that's it, it's funny to a degree. And like I did laugh about him with the turkey, but I think if you did that too much, why would I care that Jonathan's there? I don't know. I, I wish he would could have at least one moment where he did something that was fatherly or uh, meaningful in some way. So I hope that changes in season two. Yeah, I think I think in season two, they definitely need to expand him out past like a a, a comic relief character, although he is very funny whenever he shows up. I'm like, oh, yeah, Jonathan Kent's here. <laughs> uh, but I do think that they need to give him um, a, some different layers so he doesn't just seem like a kind doofus. <laughs> and so I guess part of I mean, this episode is called Hearts of the Fathers. So lots of fathers in here. So um, we sort of talked about General Lane, but. There was a moment with him and Lois where they talked about their relationship and their dynamics and how uh, the general was surprised that Lois wanted to spend Thanksgiving with him. What did you think about their relationship? Was it what you thought it might be? Yeah, I mean, she does talk uh, early in the season about how strained her relationship is with her dad and how he uh, she didn't know when her mom was getting sick. So I wasn't surprised to see them have like a hard time communicating with each other. He also seems like he's maybe not the um, the best at small talk or like making conversation at all or like making friends. He's not here to make friends uh, <laughs> like every cast member on The Real Housewives. Like, right. He's, he's here to shine. Uh, <laughs> so I wasn't surprised that their relationship was so strained. I did I did think that moment at the end of the episode was really nice when Lois jumps in front of uh, Superman to save him and, uh, and General Lane stands down i think his opinion on um on superman is starting to change i think in the last episode he was already starting to lose his appetite for like killing superman and thinking that superman was a huge threat and i think this episode is taking even further away from that so i'm interested to see what they do with that character in season two now that everybody knows who he is and that he hates superman and also that he's lois's dad i think that's going to be a lot of conflict yeah, right now the general doesn't he doesn't know that Clark is Superman though. No, he does that's, not. <laughs> that's still not something he knows. He knows that's that Lois has a connection with Superman and that Lois likes Superman and he knows that Lois is in a relationship with Clark, but he doesn't connect the two of them just yet. So I I, I think it's interesting that everybody in the house knew Clark was Superman, except for General Lane, who, who seems yeah. like he should know more because he has all that uh, secret governmental information. It, it seems like they should know a lot of things, but they don't. But uh, I think that uh, could be interesting to watch in the future with their dynamic and maybe how that changes with Lois and her father in, in their relationship, because I, I thought it was so brave of Lois to step in front of Superman like that. It was very Batman v Superman, Donna Justice. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was very brave of her to stand up to her dad like that and uh, reinforce the fact that Superman was a hero and that he'd saved all of them. And I'm very curious to see what Mandy has to say about all this because <laughs> earlier on in the episode, General Lane calls them to say, hey, uh, aliens are invading. We should probably do something. And then at the end, he says false alarm. So I don't know if there is a consequence to him <laughs> falsely reporting an alien invasion. That seems like a pretty big deal. Um, there is a question in the chat from Electra WWF. Did General Lane figure out that Clark is Superman or did Ooh. he totally ignore the spaceship that just coincidentally happened to be on the Kent farm? <laughs> That's a good Question. I think you could put two and two together if you wanted to. So uh, I think that could be something that could be explored in season two. Yeah, there well, might have been there might have been some hints about it. <laughs> uh, maybe some, he, some dots you can enough to look. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we uh, talked to that about how there was an alien invasion that happened on the Kent farm because of the connection with the uh, su the Superman or the Kryptonian ship that was there. So, Morgan, what did you think about the the whole sequence of aliens coming in and trying to invade, and uh, what Superman has to do to stop them? Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I, I continue to think it's interesting that the, like the aliens, the the Krypton, like they're sort of Kryptonian adjacent um, that they're all very technological. Like we've seen um, versions of like 
Krypton before where things were very high tech, but like not like giant robots high tech. <laughs> Again, this is the anime version. Yes. Uh, so I am enjoying. I am enjoying it though. I thought it was really interesting that um, that it all kind of happened from the sliver of kryptonite. Mm. Uh, seemed to um, throw something into. Um, like start a chain of reaction that led to zero day part two or, you know, uh, one day, I don't know what that is, but like <laughs> basically happening all over again, where this, like this portal opens up and these ships come out and these uh, robots uh, jump into the Kent's uh, lawn, basically. Um, yeah. I'm just really interested. I mean, I'm assuming that it has something to do with like the brainiacs, uh, because of the symbols on all of the the robots, but I'm interested to see like what their take on some of these other Kryptonian or like um, Superman villains are going to be. Because I'm wondering if we're going to get Zod. Are we going to get Brainiac? Like the, it seems like they're hinting in some directions. So there is a uh, tip that uh, that we had got from Carrie in the live chat who says. I do love closed captioning. It translated, and he talked about Jor, uh, what uh, that it, the captioning translated what Jorel was saying. But the captioning also, if you had, and we can talk about what Jorel was saying if uh, if you wanted to know. I did notate that uh, for anyone interested, and you didn't have a chance to go back and look at the. Uh, the captioning to find out what Jarrell was saying. He says things like, you don't understand. Wait, I never hurt you, my son. And then he asks, Kryptonite, the poison is here. And he tells Kal-El, follow to the heart. Do what you must quickly. And uh, then he talks about how you brought the Kryptonite here. And and right before he saves Superman, he says, Kal-El, my son, live. So he is taught, he is speaking in Kry Kryptonian or Kryptonese and the captioning is translating it for us. So that's just a little. Yeah. The close, the close cool. captioning came in clutch. <laughs> I just pro tip, pay attention to the close cap captioning. And in addition to the Jarrell translation, it did identify one of the characters. So uh, according to the co closed captioning, uh, the character at the very end in the cliffhanger with the three dots on its head is Brainiac. So um, we do have a new version of Brainiac. And did Morgan, I'm just curious, did his voice sound familiar to you? Um, no, but <laughs> so it, it did to me. And I looked it up and uh, I was correct. Uh, on IMDb, Brainiac is credited as being voiced by Michael Emerson. What Ben Linus? <laughs> yes. Our very own Ben Linus is the voice of Brainiac. That's awesome. I I love Michael Emerson. So any anytime he pops up in anything, I know it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I think he's a good choice for the voice of Brainiac. Also, uh the character that, that Brainiac was talking to was not identified, but he, it did this character did mention uh, what was the uh, line? Yes, uh, did mention kneeling, saying, uh, what is the quote? In the end, they will kneel. And the closed captioning refers to this character as a Kryptonian warrior. Ooh. And uh, the, the character also wears a cape and has some sort of a shield on the front of the robotic chest. So I would agree. I think that seems pretty in line with General Zod. So we could be looking at a General Zod Brainiac <laughs> Kryptonian <laughs> invasion, which would be pretty cool. So um, uh, I think that would be a really uh, great storyline to explore for season two to have them be uh, the big bads uh, coming for us. Um, let's see. New Rachel in the chat says this character is also voiced by Kari Walgren, who also voices Martha Kent. Kari Walgren uh, has done many voices in the DC world, so she's a great Ooh. voice actress. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rachel says make of that what you will. So uh, <laughs> Kari Walgren is uh, playing uh, Martha Kent here on My Adventures with Superman, but also playing uh, the mysterious character who wants uh, Earth to kneel to uh to them so we'll, we'll see what uh transpires in season two okay well uh i guess since this is the the final episode we think of season one Tear. what <laughs> what did you think of season one of my adventures with superman Oh, I loved it. I thought this was such a good, uh, such a good season of a TV show, such a good, uh, different take on the Superman, um, 
mythology and the Superman story, I feel like I, I feel like probably for both of us, you know, we, we watch a lot of super family stuff. And so it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, I feel like, you know, at some point you're like, yeah, okay. And then the pod and they send them to the thing. <laughs> oh, yay. He's saving people. You know, you start to, it's kind of the, it's, I mean, the same thing is true of Batman. Let's be honest. He's been everywhere. Um, So it, I feel like it's, it's really rare to see like a take on Superman where I'm like, it feels like it feels different to me, but also it has all the harm hallmarks of like a good Superman story. And I think the, uh, the combination of its anime influences, not shying away from like fun stuff from the comics where like, if you're a big comic fan, you could be like, Oh my God, they, they referenced Comet. Oh my God. They referenced the news kid Legion. Like these things that we have been obsessed with for a long time popping up in the show is like, as characters and or casual mentions, I think shows that the the creators behind this show are are big fans of the source material. They're not looking to just do something different for the sake of doing it different. They want to do their own spin on it. And I've really liked the way that they have developed the characters. I feel like this version of Lois is really fun. Uh, I love this version of Jimmy. I was so <laughs> wrong about him in the pilot. I was like, I don't know. This one's this guy might get annoying. No, I love him. I love, <laughs> congratulations on your money, sir. Uh, <laughs> I think that I think overall it was a really strong season. I think that they they set up their storylines well, and it it at the end of the season it left me going like. Where's season two? I'm ready for season two. I, I'm annoyed that this is the last episode of season one. And I, like, I want more. Yeah, I think this show has done a really good job of making me feel at home in this world. I think there, uh, there are some cases in which I'm, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can accept this. Uh, this new take on Superman. I like this other take on Superman better. Why Why am I getting invested in this new one? But this this one really felt at home for me, even though I'm not an anime watcher. I've seen some episodes of some anime, but I'm not like a uh, an expert on the genre. But I felt pretty at home with the characters and the world that it was building just because it was written so well and the voice acting was very believable and good. So I this this show really won me over fairly quickly. Like I didn't have to adjust too much. Uh, and the characters, I think they've done a good job of uh, making them seem familiar in what we would expect of them, but also doing some different things. They've given Lois a journey to becoming a Pulitzer Prize, you know, future award-winning journalist. They've they've given Clark a, a reason to figure out who he is and how to be Superman. And Jimmy is not just a side character with a, a camera. He actually feels like he's in a modern world who in in the sense that he would use his camera to do things uh, di a little differently and do them in a way that would actually draw people to the news. And so I like the idea that they've been taking these characters and tweaking them just a little bit, but actually uh, delivering something that feels feels like you're like wrapping yourself in a, like a like a warm snuggie or something. <laughs> but I think it uh, it feels very comfortable, but it's also a unique take that I, I think I've really come to enjoy. So I think this this first season, I don't have a lot of complaints. I don't have a lot of critiques. I think it was very good. So uh, I'm very excited about season two. So we'll have to see if uh, if we get more Brainiac and a, possibly a General Zod of some sorts. That's but, exciting. Uh, but it, I, I, it is exciting. I think they set it up nicely for season two as well. I, I like the way that they wrapped up the season one storylines, but left enough open that like, I can't wait to see what happens in season two. And I think for me, it's refreshing. Not only like, have they done a really good job of pushing the storyline forward and making me want to see more of it. It is refreshing to see a, a, a Superman family show that doesn't have a lot of uh, political agenda to it. It's just trying to tell a story within the comic book world. Is it a little or a little ridiculous that the parasite monster is still in downtown Metropolis even after that fight's over? Why haven't they moved? Why hasn't Superman moved it? Why haven't they gotten rid of it? Why is it still standing there? Is it a little ridiculous? Yes, it definitely <laughs> is. But I, 
I enjoy that it's remind it it reminds itself that yes, this thing still happened. We did uh, have this in the last episode. It remembers everything that it did. And even though there is some continuity errors with the uh, subscriber count of uh, we'll never of, forget <laughs> of, of Jimmy's Flamebird channel. Uh, but but uh, putting that aside, I think the show has done a really good job in terms of like telling the story and re- and and staying true to what it's been trying to do. So I I think it's been doing a great job. So uh, it, it's very clear to me that the people involved with the show like the material, have at least read some of the material. That's not always the case that people working it's on not, these kinds no. of shows uh, <laughs> actually know anything about the material. Um, so it, to me, it's very clear that they've done their homework. So I'm I'm excited that it will get more episodes because I think they've been doing a great job. Rachel also points out another thing that I uh, meant to say and then forgot, which is that they did a good job with the Clark and Lois romance. I feel like, you know, they only had 10 episodes and they were half an hour episodes. And yet they did uh, like a, a, a full arc, I feel like, to that romance. I didn't feel like they ju- sort of jumped uh, from point A to point B, just because we all know like Clark and Lois are, you know, a couple, uh, an iconic couple. I think that they really built up that relationship between those two characters. And I really, I really like was bought in. I was, I really believed in it by the end. I was rooting for those two crazy kids. <laughs> yeah. By the end, when uh, Lois declares her love for Superman before he flies up to stop the the ship, I bought into it. Maybe it's a little soon. Maybe they haven't known each other a long time. (laughs) But I believe that she actually does care for him to the point where she loves him. I totally believe that. And I think they did a good job of uh, focusing on their relationship and also using the side characters to help them with that. Uh, There's a really good scene between Martha and Lois in this finale episode where Lois talks about how when Clark was younger, he had a lot of troubles and he didn't, he didn't have a lot of people in his life. And so having Lois there is really nice for him now. Um, So I think the uh, the characters like that do a lot to build up their relationship and their romance. So uh, I'm, I'm, I think they, I agree. I think they've done a really good job with the limited amount of episodes that they have had. Uh, let's see. I was trying to see what everybody was saying in the <laughs> chat. So uh, Carrie says in season two and beyond, do you expect more anthology episodes to dig into the individual characters more rather than always treating them as a trio? Um, I think they did a pretty good job of doing individual storylines, but also having them all in the same episode. Like the league of Lois lanes was pretty heavy on Lois. Um, the um, Monsieur Mala and the Brain was very much a Jimmy episode, even though they had Clark and Lois stuff in there. <laughs> so I think they've done a good job of creating storylines for each of those main characters while still um, having them all in the episodes together. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they what they choose to do um, in the next season in terms of how they tell the stories. Uh, let's see. Yeah. On the Gap says, I do wish they had had uh, three episodes Three more episodes, one of them learning to work together, one more when they are mad at each other, and one more for the Clark and Lois relationship. So I guess this comment is more so about the Clark and Lois uh, dynamic. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I wish there were a couple more episodes this season, I will say. I feel like we did, you know, because it was only 10 episodes, they did kind of have to move, churn through story fast. And I, I liked a lot of the, um, a lot of their sort of, uh, standalone episodes, like when they, when they meet, uh, Mr. Mala and the Brain and things like that, the League of Lois. I think this could be a, an, a, a series that I think could do a lot of like fun standalone episodes. They just don't have the runtime to do that many of them. The great thing about this take on the Superman mythology is that it's already uh, been leaning into the weirder aspects of mm-hmm. DC Comics with Comet the Super Horse and Time Travel and Mr. Mix Jazz Pitalik. So I would not be surprised if the Legion of Superheroes showed up or if they did time traveling themselves and went to some other time or place to solve a mystery. I would not be surprised if they had, you know, crazy characters coming in. They could do literally anything from DC Comics and it would make sense in this version of Superman. Uh so I <laughs> I'm I that's exciting for me personally just cuz I think you could really take the stories any way that you wanted to. And uh new Rachel makes a good point in the chat saying I think it would be fun to get an episode featuring Steve, Cat and Ronnie and what they're up to because now uh 
Lois Clark and Jimmy are their colleagues. They're not just interns anymore. They are uh, oh. colleagues as reporters. So I that's think, true. Uh, I think that could change things. And I think we already saw that in this finale where uh, I didn't even think Cat Grant really knew who Clark Kent was, but she gives him a kiss. Uh, Steve Lombard gives uh, Jimmy a stuffed a stuffed animal in the form of a wolf for some reason. Wasn't really sure why he did that, but he got him. <laughs> yeah, a I was a little confused about that as well. I'm glad I'm glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> he got it. He got him a present. And then Ronnie Troop gives Lois a uh, like a nameplate to put in her office, her cubicle that says a uh, future award winning journalist. So it seems like everybody at the Daily Planet has at least uh, warmed up to the idea of these these youngsters as full-time reporters. So uh, uh, Mark asks, uh, was that Cat who kissed Clark when he got the promotion? I thought so, Mark. I think uh, so, yeah. I think the sequence was showing Cat, Steve, and Ronnie uh, in what and how they were accepting them into the fold. So I believe that that is who that was. Um, Electra WWF says they had that whole lone wolf talk. So that's why Steve got Jimmy a wolf. Good oh, memory. I, honestly, I forgot that entirely. <laughs> Me too. So good catch. All right. So I guess uh, that's going to do it for our discussion of the episode. And so some wrap up thoughts about season one as a whole. But uh, we have an email from Mark. So Morgan, would you like to read that? Sure. Um, so Mark uh, writes, uh, so this guy goes to his daughter's new boyfriend's parents' home for Thanksgiving, and he leads with, call me general? Uh, <laughs> I can't say I've known any generals, but with the military people I have known, they tend to treat the military as their job, and they leave that stuff on the base. At least he wasn't willing to shoot Lois, so that's something. Uh, I have to wonder why he disappeared, uh, where he disappeared to at the end. Mm. Um, did it seem to you like Lois had already met the Kents? I expected her to be more nervous, embarrassed, doing that cute little blush thing she does. I don't it, know. It did seem like she, maybe she, she it wasn't an she yeah. wasn't introduced to them in yeah, any way that we that way. See. So it did seem like she already knew who they were, which to me I wish I could have seen that, but I also guess I don't need it. Uh it seemed like she just uh Lois just kind of fit in there with them. So I, I thought it was fine the way it was done, but I guess you could have had more of a a bigger introduction to them. Yeah. Um, and then Mark uh, finishes off with, also, now that Jimmy's rich, do you think Lois will suggest that he meet her kid sister? Although he seems to be the same age as Clark in this. I assume, Mark, Ooh. you're talking about Lucy Lane. Is that who I, you're referring I would assume to? so, yeah. So uh, I don't think we know in this version of the story if she has a sister. I assume she does because typically Lois has a sister named Lucy. Um, but uh, I don't think we have met her yet. So maybe we will sometime in the coming episodes. Uh, so I, I guess, Morgan, would you like to... Make some snap judgments. Oh, yes, I would love to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so our first snap judgment is... Which menu item on the Thanksgiving dinner at the Kent house was probably tastier? Jimmy Olsen's yams or Pa Kent's turkey? I think given uh, Jimmy's newfound wealth, he probably brought the best <laughs> and the finest yams that he could find. The the, the, the most expensive yams money could buy. Most expensive yams. Um, so I think I'm going to go yams on this one. I'm going to go yams too, uh, just because I, I have some doubts about like a turkey that didn't quite make it. And then <laughs> it just got like flash fried at the last minute. I feel like it's probably going to be a little dry. Uh, but I think that those yams, again, the finest yams money can buy. <laughs> I feel like they're going to be pretty good. I, I don't like the idea of Supergirl or Superman because Supergirl did it on the CW Supergirl TV series too, where she heat visioned the turkey yep. for Thanksgiving. I have lots of questions about that because I don't feel like that's safe to eat. It doesn't feel like it. It it would be no. I I don't. Would it give you cancer? Is it radiation? I don't know. <laughs> I, 
I, I don't, don't want to find like out, I think, is the thing. I Like, I don't want to dive deep into, like, what happened to that turkey and what it tastes like now. I feel like I'd, I'm not that interested. <laughs> maybe it's just fire. Maybe it's just heat. I mean, it is heat vision. So maybe it's just, like, hot heat. Vision, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's not going to be, like, a delicious, like, slow brine turkey, right? Like, <laughs> flesh fried that, <laughs> that bad boy, so. <laughs> I don't know. I always find that very questionable. All right. So which is more terrifying, waking up from a dream where your best friends die without being able to save them or having Thanksgiving dinner with General Lane? <laughs> yeah. So Clark at the beginning of this episode does have a nightmare where he wakes up and he sees Lois and Jimmy being uh, succumbed by some flames and the invasion kicking in. And he, it reveals his face that he is the invader. Uh, yep. a, la, a la Luke Skywalker and, and the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, that's not to, good. To, to have to fight the, the feeling that you are an invader of your home planet and because of you, your friends die. Not I good. I think hmm. I could take the general. Oh, I, I don't know that I could. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think I could deal with the general. I could maybe turn him into a friend. But I don't think I could shake the idea that I would be the reason that my friends died that that's going to be a little I'm, bit tough. i'm gonna say the scarier thing would be the nightmare for me uh this is a tough one um i'm gonna go with the scarier one being general lane at least i get to wake up from that nightmare right like <laughs> I, I i wake up and I'm like oh what a weird what a weird dream meanwhile general lane is very much real and he cannot make small talk and he is not <laughs> interested in it uh, <laughs> and you can't escape him <laughs> you are not going to be able to impress that man no matter what you try so I, i'm going nightmare all the way do you have a jimmy or no jimmy in this situation Oh, I mean, with a Jimmy, maybe maybe my answer is different. You got to have a wingman in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> he might uh, come in handy if you are having to engage with General Lane. Uh, but I guess uh, anyway, you cut it there. Uh, both of those are pretty terrifying. No judgments on your snap judgments. Well, that is going to do it for all of our thoughts on my adventures uh, with Superman season one's finale, Hearts of the Father. So now that we have gotten finished with our discussion, we're going to get to some Supergirl radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page hello and thank you for calling the dc tv podcast hotline please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed supergirl radio press one the flash podcast press two legends of tomorrow podcast Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And we have some Kryptonian designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store that we would love to suggest. 
Yeah, we have a Krypton lifting team t-shirt, <laughs> which is actually a t-shirt that uh, Henry Cavill wore in an Instagram video uh, one time. So if you want to uh, be part of the Krypton lifting team <laughs> and uh, show support that way, you could do that. And we also have a design that looks kind of like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I was going to say, says... I like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, <laughs> the last son of Tri Krypton. <laughs> yeah, so we have got some cool uh, Kryptonian-related designs in the DCTV Podcast Tee Public Store if you would like to check those out and uh we would like to thank our legion of uh, super sponsors for supporting the supergirl radio patreon these people are michael Anne marie yvonne quinn nicola abby Miriam, nicole brian ethan danny majuba and lingonberry and if you would also like to be uh, a legion of su super sponsor you can go to patreon.com slash supergirl radio and uh we have some pilot pods that we've been doing uh, we have, uh, I, I think I'm going to uh, convince Morgan to let me tell her a little bit about Dragon Con from this year. So we'll have some of that. So uh, we've got a lot of uh, good Patreon content if you would like to support uh, the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, and if you would like to keep up with me, you can follow me in a couple places. I'm on Bureau True Social, which is a platform that I enjoy. At And my username there is at DerbyKids. So you can find out what... I'm watching, uh, what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, that kind of thing. Uh, you would know that I just watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, which Ooh. is very cute. Enjoyed it quite a bit. So uh, I, I actually just watched that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some friends of mine were going to be cosplaying as Bowser and Princess Peach. And so I needed to do the background, uh, <laughs> background, the background homework. To really, yes. to really so, capture the essence of the characters. <laughs> yes. So I, I had to understand what they were doing. Uh, so uh, it's quite a good movie. So I recommend it. Uh, uh, available on, um, oh my gosh, Peacock is the streaming. Yeah, I think it's service. Peacock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I created some video reels, some Instagram reels of my Dragon Con experience. So if you want to go check those out, did some little video montages for fun, uh, just because it, it, it's a good way to enjoy the cosplayers there at Dragon Con. Uh, you can also uh, subscribe to my personal YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, I have lots of stuff that I need to be doing. I got to finish a Barbie video. I also want to do a video about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And uh, I also been inspired to do one on the Dick Tracy movie because uh, that soundtrack pops up on my uh, shuffle quite a bit. And uh, oh. I feel like I need to talk about uh, one of my top five movies, uh, top five comic book films uh, uh, that I enjoy because uh, a lot of people don't uh, don't ever mention the Dick Tracy movie. And I find that so disappointing because it's a great, great film. So <laughs> maybe uh, maybe one of these days when I have time, I'm going to do a video about why I love the Dick Tracy movie so much and why other people should think more highly of it as a comic book film. Uh, so I haven't uh, seen that movie in such a long time. It's great. The color palette is amazing. They use all, only colors that are associated with the comic books uh, themselves. So only co uh, colors found in the D Dick Tracy comics are used. And every, every red that's in the movie is the same red. Every Whoa. yellow is the same yellow. Every purple is the same purple. So they have a really cool color scheme. The acting is good. The story is good. Fantastic music. Stephen Sondheim songs. Um, I'm just saying, like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm maybe going to have to make a video about why I love that movie so much. I, I, was, I was inspired by that today. <laughs> I also forgot who was in this movie. And I did not remember at all that Madonna was in it. <laughs> Madonna, Warren Beatty. Uh, Apparently, uh, is, Warren Beatty was the director of this movie. He was the director. He actually, I think... I don't know if he still owns the rights to Dick Tracy, but at one point he owned the rights. That's to, really cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, very good cast. Uh, Mark agrees with me. Dick Tracy, work of art. Not just paintings of horses. <laughs> it's paintings oh. of horses and Dick Tracy. Those are, <laughs> those are the two uh, forms of art that you can have. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I uh, probably will make a video on that sometime in the future. But uh, if you want to... Uh, follow with my video content. I'm definitely going to finish that Barbie video this week. That's happening. It's going to be going up on Sunday. I can feel it. It's going to happen. Uh, so that's uh, where you can find me. 
And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast, where we just did a nice little double recording. So we've got some content coming up. But uh, we're talking about pop songs this week, uh, specifically the new Selena Gomez and Miley Cyrus songs. Honestly, two songs I probably would not have looked up uh, if it wasn't for the podcast. <laughs> kind of fun talking about. And we also have a... A pilot pod coming up for Orphan Black, so you should make sure that you um, that you follow us on all of the channels that you can, especially YouTube. It's YouTube.com/slash uh, at the Legendary Ladies, uh, where we started posting up our our videos. So we've started going on camera. Um, so please watch so, so that we're doing it for some reason. And also, um, I'm about to go on a nice little vacation to Italy. So if you want to see pictures of pasta. Feel free to follow, follow, follow Graham, follow your <laughs> all good pasta. You can do that uh, at Mojo Tastic if you would like to fo follow along with Morgan's journey through Italy. And I guess that uh, is a good segue to say that Morgan will be out for three weeks uh, absent from Supergirl <laughs> Radio. But that doesn't mean uh, that there will be no Supergirl Radio episodes uh, at Dragon Con. I did two panels. One that I intentionally wanted to do is Superman and Lois season three. Uh, but then I got put on as I was a backup for the discussion about the Flash movie. And I guess they needed somebody because then they put me in the app for that panel. So I was on a, a panel yeah, as well uh, about the Flash movie. I was kind of Flash movied out. But uh, yeah, the, no, I feel that. <laughs> but then uh, the panel was actually a pretty productive conversation, I felt like. And um, some some good and bad points. Uh, but uh, I'll, I, I thought I thought both panels went well, so I'll be um, packaging those up as Supergirl radio episodes. So I'll be putting them in the audio podcast feed, and I also might uh, package them up as videos for the YouTube channel, the DC TV podcast YouTube channel. I did not, I was not able to record video because uh, I did, I didn't want to take my big tripod, and I thought my gimbal there. would be uh, enough. But then there was no place for me to put my gimbal. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so I couldn't record video, but I did record audio. So hopefully if those, I haven't checked them yet, but if the audio is good and clean and uh, audible, uh, definitely will release those as episodes. And then I'm also considering uh, doing an episode. Well, the third episode while you're gone mm -hmm. might be up for debate Ooh. because you got an email that That's I need to serious. talk to you. Uh, to, see, to see if we need to pursue it um so that might be something that i do while while you're tra traversing through italy <laughs> so uh we'll, we'll we'll talk uh off air about that but while morgan is gone all that to say there will be supergirl radio content for your uh listening ears if you would like to do uh, to do that, to check those out. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we would like to thank Jimmy Olsen for his emotional maturity. McGurk! I do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.